From the Diocese of Gallup, welcome to Crozier Cast. I am Director of Communications Suzanne Hammonds, and as always, with me is your host, Bishop James Wall. Bishop Wall, how are you today? I'm doing great, Suzanne. How are you doing? Pretty good. And so we're going to take some time today um, to speak on, it's kind of a hot button topic, but that's kind of why we wanted to talk about it because it's getting every, you know, it bothers me that it gets everybody so riled up and we're so angry that we can't actually talk to each other like human beings. And so that's the the debate around all the recent um, abortion legislation that's been happening in the country, specifically, you know, Alabama, Georgia, states like that. So um, what's been on your mind about it, Bishop Wall? Well, yeah, it is, uh, <laughs> I think that's one of the things that's always on, our, on, oh, on yeah. my mind, at least, uh, because... You know, if you if you don't have life, what do you have? And and so, um, it's it's just become so volatile. The uh, just the conversations, the the way things are being reported, the way things are, you know, people are are uh, you know trying to have somewhat, dis- I guess, discussions over um, the topic, but it, it doesn't seem to work out that way mm-hmm. at all. It 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 always uh, it always goes south. Pardon the pun, it always goes south. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that got me thinking about it is um, a, a friend I recently made, um, uh, just in person, uh, I met through a cousin, and uh, we got along real well, and I could tell we probably had different political ideologies. But that's fine, and everything else, you know, we clicked, we're good friends, and then you part ways, and you look at someone's social media, and then... Uh, issue like this comes up and there's all these hashtags, you know, with, you know, cursing out people that don't agree with them or saying, you know, anybody who doesn't agree with me is, is an idiot. And it just feels so different, the the furor that you hear online versus actual in-person interactions, you know? Yeah. And it got me thinking, it's like, why can't we just talk to each other? You know, I mean, even if we disagree, it just it's really kind of sad that it's become... So, you know, we're just so easy to demonize each other. And it's led to, in many cases, acts of violence. And, of course, people, you know, are familiar with the acts of violence that's you know, have happened against um, abortion clinics and things, which are also bad. But it, one thing we were talking about earlier is how a lot of times also attacks against uh, pro-life advocates aren't, aren't reported, you know? They aren't. They don't seem to really get the, uh, the attention that uh, maybe something else does that would... That would be maybe a, uh, somebody who was pro-choice or you know pro-abortion, um, and you know some sort of harm which you know should never come to anyone. I mean that's really the bottom line. It's, it's, there should never be any, any sort of acts of violence. Uh, that's what we're trying to, to speak out against. Yeah, that's the, what the pro-life ultimate act of violence. Yeah, that's what so pro-life means. Yeah, we should never we should never give in to any of those things. But yeah, there have been some instances I think recently in the in the news or uh, nationally that have kind of caught our attention but the the way they've been reported I don't think they're it's it's uh, it's been fairly reported or evenly reported or uh, maybe given as much stories or much uh, headlines as if um, maybe somebody who was uh, pro-abortion um, something would were, were to happen to them and you know I was thinking about this this uh, this case at the University of North Carolina that's where it happened, where uh, they had a, a, a pro-life group was out, and they were, uh, you know, they were protesting abortion. They were standing up for life, is what they were doing. And um, one of the, the pro-life advocates was was accosted, attacked. I mean, 
the person that attacked him, he's or her, I think it was a, it was a gentleman, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, two two young men. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you know, described herself as a kind of a pro-choice feminist or something. I she think. doesn't. I, I don't think she in the video. She doesn't even say anything. She just says like, "Are these your signs?" And they say yes. And she like punches him. Yeah. And it's later that they she kind of tries to explain herself a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so she 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 said uh, when she when she saw the signs uh, of, of abortions depicting abortions, you know it it um, it kind of pushed her over the edge, which it should push her over the edge, but not to do what she did. Yeah. It should push her over the edge to think about, well, what is this act? I mean, it is it's it's a it's a it's violence. It's it's murder toward a toward a uh, an unborn child. And I think it's important too to remember that when we talk about people like her. A lot of, maybe something, maybe she, a lot of times people who are proponents are coming from a place of deep pain. Maybe they've had abortions and sure. they regret it or something. And so we don't know her full story. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make it fine to act out with violence. But even when we see uh, um, things like this happen, we, sh you know, maybe it's a good idea to pray for them, you sure. know, and say, hopefully they have healing. Yeah, you know, pray for those who persecute you, right? And um, so that's, that's the right thing to do. You know, God desires that all people come to a salvation. Uh, we should only desire the good for the other. That's true, true charity towards someone and other, some, someone. And to think about the, the number of abortions, uh, sanctioned abortions, legal abortions, since you know Roe v. Wade in, in 1973, um, are just astronomical. It's just tragic. So that means we have just countless people who are post-abortive. Yeah. And not only a woman who who might have had an abortion or abortions, um, you know, many times somebody might have multiple abortions, um, but also uh, the people who who had a hand in this, whether it's the physicians, the nurses, whether it's the the uh, the man who um, you know is the father of the child, whatever the case might be, you know, the, all these people in some way, somehow, some fashion, are post-abortive. And myself, having worked with, with uh, Rachel's Vineyard, which is a post-abortion healing ministry, and having worked with, with men and women who are post-abortive, there's an incredible amount of pain and, um, and suffering that they, that they are going through. Many of them, you know, they were told, well, this is just simple procedure. You'll be able to move on with your life. And that's not the case. That's, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's uh, you know, pretty much a lie. I think... Uh, the movie, the, the recent movie, it's a good movie, Unplanned. It's a difficult movie, but Unplanned shows that, shows it in a, in a very real way. And it's, it's, not that, it's not that easy. And so people might approach us from different ways. They might try to self-medicate. They might turn to, uh, to alcohol, to drugs. Uh, they might become extremely promiscuous. You know, there's a, that's one of the things that they might do. They might become pregnant again. Again, they might have uh, a number of abortions after that. That might be a way also in which they're trying to rationalize their behavior, their past actions. Um, they might fall into deep, deep depression. I've seen that too. And and then they one of the things too is they might think that they are somehow, because of what they've done, they're somehow unworthy of God's love, which we know isn't true. Um, you know, God desires Again, a deep and intimate relationship with all of us. His, his love and his mercy is infinite, greater than any act that we could have ever committed. And so, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who is post-abortive, whether they realize it or not, there's a lot of, a lot of pain. And um, 
and you know they kind of stuff that down and unfortunately can come out sideways or come out the wrong way and so you never know with who, who it is that you're dealing with um, whether they're post abortive or not so yeah like you said we, we they really need prayers people need prayers our country needs prayers our world needs prayers for healing from uh, this, uh, this atrocity of abortion yeah and I think kindness too you know and that's kind of what we've seen um, there's another case we wanted to talk about with um, a recent, I don't know exactly w what kind of a politician he is, but he's some guy in uh, Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. He's a state representative. Yeah, and what got me about watching these videos, and we'll explain, is that the people that he went after just reacted, especially the older lady, just with kindness. Yeah. You know, no, they didn't let themselves get riled up or angry or anything like that, and it really paints a stark contrast, you know? Yeah. So do you want to take us through exactly what happened? Because you've been following, I think, more than I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it's, it's kind of sad. You know, the state representative, he, you know, he, he grew up Catholic. I don't think he identifies as Catholic uh, today. Um, he uh, is also, I mean, he's a very, very extremely, you know, pro-abortion uh, pro uh, politician. So you, you might imagine in, in Pennsylvania, he's sort of, legislation that passes his desk or comes by him I'm sure he's he's in favor of and and um, he I believe he lives in the neighborhood of the abortion clinic and he also has volunteered for a number of years at the abortion clinic as um, somebody who walks people into the abortion clinic which in itself is a, a way of participating in an abortion you know it's a it's a it's it's cooperation with a form with it's form of it's cooperation with an evil right intrinsic yeah. evil an act which is always wrong and so according to him he just had it so he went out and uh, this is why I learned the new term doxing I think that's yeah. our new term uh, he went out uh, a couple of times but one of the times he went out was on on Holy Thursday and he um, you know verbally accosted a number of people out there. Um, there was a there was a mother with uh, two of her daughters and I think one of their her daughters their daughter's friend. Yeah, yeah, and I'd like to point out the people that he went after were either an old woman or some young girls. Yeah. So talk about being you know pro woman. Yeah. Kind of you know it's kind of cowardly going after the weaker targets that you see you know. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was it was it was very cowardly and it it wasn't you know to go out there and maybe have a conversation with them and a discussion with them about why they. They themselves are are uh, uh, pro-life. Um, it wasn't that. It was you know it was it was kind of a verbal assault, and then it was videoing them and then putting it online, and then asking people to you know to identify who they were. I mean, re just just amazing. This is an elected official too, yeah. and um, so I, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very cowardly of him. Um, I don't think it's how an elected official should act. Um, it just it was it was just horrible but it's it's and I don't want to paint them all this way but it, it is it does seem that uh, this is kind of how the, the pro-choice um, side is the pro-abortion side is um, there I think right now when we're seeing legislation passed like in Georgia and Alabama um, you know we, we recently had a nice little victory in New Mexico um, other part of our diocese is in Arizona. We have some very, very good pro-life legislation in Arizona, one of the best states for that. Yeah. And I think when we're seeing sort of the, those things happen, and then we see things like you know Supreme Court uh, Gorsuch and Su Supreme Court Kavanaugh, uh, Judge uh, Justice Kavanaugh, 
and uh, they they are uh, these are pro life. These are people that understand that that all life is sacred. That uh, that we all have rights, and these rights are given to us by God, and nobody should be able to take take those rights away from us. So I think we're we're starting to see the the proponents of Roe v. Wade and and um, and the proponents of abortion. I think they're starting to hit the panic button a little bit, yeah. and we're starting to see these things. I think that's why we're starting to see. Um, you know, this is a verbal assault, so in some sort, some way, it is it is violent. And then we're, you know, North University of North Carolina, the the, the person who assaulted those pro-lifers. We're starting to see more and more of these things uh, happening um, because um, I think what we're starting to see is they're starting to see that they're losing their grip yeah. that they've had on our country and on our nation. And ultimately, we know who's behind that. Uh, whether you whether you're a believer in God or not, yeah. we ultimately know that it's it's the evil ones behind it because the evil one his whole point is to try to be contrary to God and to undo everything that God does. God's the giver and author of all human life. So what does evil want to do? Evil one want to do? He wants to try to replace that and and uh, dupe man like he did in the garden uh, into believing that that he's the author and giver of all human life and and life is. Uh, you know, is 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 up to the, to the individual person. It's just, it's just, yeah. Well, I think you said something that was interesting. There is like you don't have to be religious. I mean, I think people like to make it into a political or religious issue, but at the end of the day, it's not. It's a, like you mentioned, it's it's an inherent human good, or, or you know, it's it's something that's inherently moral. And morals, you know, even people who aren't religious or should be able to recognize that. And we see that with the governor of uh, of Georgia, I believe, he's a Democrat, and still. Mm -hmm went for this. And then in our own state, you mentioned we had several pro-life victories, which is fantastic. And we had a lot of state senators who were Democrats who sure. helped we're, with we're that. We're considered a blue state. Yeah. And so it's, and some of them weren't even religious necessarily or Catholic, you know, so it is something that I think we should, you often see that it's religious groups, especially, or people on one side or the other, but it shouldn't be. It should be something that we can all recognize yeah. as good or evil. Yeah. If you don't have life, what do you have? Really? I mean, if you don't have life, what do you have? Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it's just, it's a shame, too, because the other thing we wanted to talk about is kind of in a personal level, sometimes it does get hard when you have friends or family members who don't think about the issues the same way you do. And one of the reasons is, I'm, I'm sure we all know people, you know, who get their talking points or their, their uh, beliefs through the media. And we were just talking about this, too, that there's certain media outlets that are now kind of subtly trying to influence the debate one way or the other. Like NPR had this list of ways that you have to talk about it. And I'll, I'll point out some of them are fair, like in, in, in a journalistic sense, and some of them are obviously trying to sway one side or the other. Like they say, you must refer to it as anti-abortion rights or pro-abortion rights. Yeah. And so when you frame it as pro-rights or anti-rights. So whatever, if you're on the side of abortion, then you want, to, you want the positive spin to it. Yeah. And if somebody's you know disagrees with you as the other side, you want to... You want a, a negative spin on that too. Yeah. And everybody always wants. Well, I want to be on the, the positive, on the good side. Yeah. And um, and it's which is kind of ironic that the the good side uh, can in in that mindset, you know, the pro side would be abortion, which isn't good at all. Yeah. You know, it's actually an evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll link to all these things that we've mentioned too in the show notes. But it's just, yeah, it's tough. So. Bishop, how would you, if we have listeners out there who 
especially if they want to maybe engage well when should we when should we not engage with people that we know and then when should we engage and if we do how should we approach it well I, I think one of the things and this is difficult nowadays in our in our society our culture you know just basic rhetoric you know can we sit down and have a discussion about something without the the winner being determined about who either yells the loudest or who disses the other that seems to be the big yeah. thing now you know who who got dissed you see that on uh, on, on Twitter or all yeah. kinds of stuff you know so-and-so dissed so-and-so well then he must be right and the other person must be wrong yeah and uh, that's that's not always the case so um, I go back to st. Paul's letter um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 into 13, it's kind of the wedding reading that everybody refers to. But Paul is just talking about what, what true love is. He's speaking to the community of Corinth. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's always other-seeking, it's not self-seeking. And then he says, you know, if, if I have not loved, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So thinking about that in a, in a discussion or an argument, you can have a civil argument, discussion, um, you know, am I just trying to maybe bully the other person uh, to win the day? Am I just trying to come and raise my voice, or am I making personal attacks on the person just so I can prove my point and kind of win the argument? Um, you know, or am, because if I'm doing that, I'm, Paul says noisy gong clanging cymbal, and we all know how noisy, how irritating that can be. Yeah, and um, and just a noisemaker. But am I, or am I really truly seeking the good of the other person? And if I'm truly seeking the good of the other person, then I'm going to honor the other person for who the other person is, right? Creating the image and likeness of God just as I am. And I'm going to be willing to enter into to dialogue, discussion, arguments, you know, all these different things. But at the basis of it, I always have to have love. And if I don't have love, noisy gong, clanging cymbal. Now, I think one of the things we always have to remember is we we would just um, hope that the other person is coming at this from the same uh, position. Uh, I think once in a while when we find that the person isn't coming from this at the same position, that's probably best to just kind of be done with be done with the discussion or the yeah. argument. Um, so I think that's that's something that's important too. But it doesn't mean that we try, right? We 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 need to try to bring the person into a, a charitable discussion, charitable argument. Um, again, not screaming, ranting, or raving. We're trying to bully the person and win or win the, um, the debate. Uh, but really pursuing the truth, that's what we're trying to do, right? pursuing the truth in all charity. Yeah. One of my favorite examples of this, and we'll link to it below too, is normally I think Twitter is the worst place for engaging in, in conversation because it's like you said, everyone's trying to win. But there's this great tweet thread of this lady who, um, and I, I assume she's pro-choice, but she asked, uh, you know, pro-life friends, serious question, what have you actually done for women or, you know, poor women or babies after they've been born? Kind of, I think she was looking for like a gotcha moment because that's a, a rhetoric we hear a lot sure. is that we don't care as soon as the baby's born. And she got like thousands of responses of just everyday people and they were all very kind. They're saying, well, I, you know, I babysit this, my neighbor's kids 
you know, every week or every day after school so she can go get her education or we adopted three kids from the Philippines. I mean, it was a whole range of things from little deeds to huge deeds and it yeah. was just, but it was all positive. They weren't trying to do a gotcha moment. They were saying, well, I'm glad you asked. Actually, I want to share with you. Yeah. And it was really affirm. And, and I think she responded. She's like, wow, I'm actually kind of surprised, but happy. Yeah. You know, and it was in kind of an eye opening thread for everybody, but it was really wholesome, which is something you don't always see on Twitter. You're right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I think I think with uh, any of the any of the social media, I think one of the things we we want to do is kind of almost check ourselves if we write something down, and before we hit send or you know um, or tweet or whatever the uh, the button might say, yeah. um, that we might want to stop and say, okay, now really, you know, is is this is this a good tweet? Is this done in charity? Yeah, uh, is this done in charity? And um, you know, and sometimes. You know, we, we have to say, you know, difficult things, and but we can always say them in charity. You know, we talk about tough love, and our Lord did that. He called, we think about the, his his interaction with the the, uh, the religious leaders, Pharisees, scribes, Sadducees. You know, he had some really, really difficult things to him. Usually he starts off by saying, woe to you. Yeah. But he does that out of love because he's really seeking their conversion. And so he's, he's going to speak to them out of love, even if it's a difficult saying. So I think with with social media things like that, if we if we stop and say, okay, how is this really? Is this a charitable tweet that I'm I'm sending, or is this a charitable post that I'm that I'm posting? Yeah. And um, give it some time, and maybe pray about it. Even well, maybe pray about it, but pray about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pray about it. So as we move into the end here, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or leave people with? Well, um, obviously, I mean, it's pretty clear about where we, you and I stand. Obviously, yeah. we're we're pro-life and and uh, and uh, we're pro-life for a reason because we believe that uh, that every person's created in the image and likeness of God uh, from conception till natural death. No, how no matter how they were conceived, you know, we we talk about some of these exceptions that people are talking about. You know that you know whether somebody was you know conceived in rape, which a which is a horrible horrible act of violence toward uh, another another person. Um, we don't rectify or fix the situation by by uh, making another act of violence against a, a human person, and that is the child in the womb as well as the, the woman having the abortion, you know, yeah. because of the, the effects that they experience. They experience after that. So, you know, I think as we we get into a lot of this dialogue and we we kind of move forward, especially moving forward as a country, you know, we're our desire is hopefully that bad legislation or bad laws undone, which is Roe v. Wade, and, um, and that uh, we become a country that uh, one promotes the culture of life and not really one that, that uh, promotes this uh, whole uh, culture of death. And so I think the, the, the greatest way that we're able to do that as people who are, are pro-life is to, as you said, you know, pray for those who persecute you. So pray for those who might now hold a, a, a pro-abortion stance, pray for their conversion of heart. And then also, don't be afraid to engage them. But when we engage them, always engage them in a, in a loving way, in a, in a kind way. Um, if we don't do it the other way, it makes it easy for somebody to write us off. They're like, ah, there you go, you're just a fanatic. Or, mm -hmm. you know, if, you're, uh, if we start yelling at somebody, it makes it easy for them just to walk away. And that's a missed opportunity uh, for a conversion of heart for someone. Yeah. So I think that's that's some of the, as we move start to to move forward with this, 
And to think about how it is that, you know, how do I um, contribute uh, to the national debate? How do I contribute to the, to the local debate? You know, am I going to be the person who screams and bullies people? I would say that's, that's not what the Christian does. Uh, or am I going to be the person that's really speaking and acting out of love? We don't act out of love, we really lose our, our, our right to speak. Yeah. Noisy gong, clanging cymbal. We always want to be um, seeking and willing the good of the other. Well, I like what you said locally, too. Like, it can be kind of disheartening sometimes when you look at all the people. That, I mean, the United States is a big country, and you can feel kind of lost, but doing good locally, finding, you know, if you know a single mother or you know some, some kids that need a mentor or a pregnancy center that needs resources, there's so many things that locally one person can have a huge impact on, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, there and are. That, yeah, and those little effects eventually ripple out. All right, well, thank you again, Bishop Wall. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us, please reach out. And this has been another episode of Crozier Cast. Thanks, Bishop. Thanks, Suzanne. God bless to uh, you and all of our listeners. Okay.